Hello and welcome to the Serious Games Podcast. All about playful methods for interactive trainings and facilitation. Let's get started. So welcome back to the Serious Games Podcast. And today I'm connected to Sydney directly with uh, Tony. And oh my God, we just got uh, hung up in the pre-talk because uh, Tony has a large collection of re really old artifacts, one could say. So 20 years ago, he got, in, uh, got to know the uh, Sam Lloyd puzzles and he just showed, um, I'm connected with him via Zoom, right? So he showed me all those old magazines and books and how he got, you know, in contact and how he's protecting not only the brand, but uh, the puzzling world. Look, this is your intro, Tony. Thanks for being on the podcast. And I'm going to hand it over to you saying welcome. And two questions. Number one, who are you? Can you give us a short introduction? And number two, mm -hmm. how would you explain this? I wouldn't say like one puzzle, but this puzzling experience to someone who's not really so much into puzzling. Mm -hmm. Great, Julian. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to speak with you and speak to your listeners as well. So it's 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 really exciting. My name's Tony. Um, I work for the Sam Lloyd Company. Um, my job pretty much is to protect and um, let people know about the work of both Sam Lloyd and Sam Lloyd Jr. And it's something that um, we protect because a lot of the times their work has been forgotten. Um, and our job is to make sure that their work is not only remembered, but available to everyone who are puzzle lovers as such. Mm -hmm. Great, great. And it looked at you, how did you get in contact with uh, the work? I understood. Mm -hmm. um, or just loop us in. Uh, Sam Lloyd and Sam Lloyd Jr. Who where they and what did they do? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So Sam Lloyd was born in Philadelphia in 1841 in the United States. And then he moved to New Jersey and to New York with his um, family. Mm -hmm. um, that his father was one of the wealthiest property development developers of his time. Um, so he moved over there and then he became pretty much a very big chess fanatic to the point where he is inducted into the chess hall of fame okay so wow. he's written a lot of chess problems and is very highly regarded within the world of chess mm -hmm. today um then in around about 1868 he started developing his own puzzles mm -hmm. so he started developing um mathematical puzzles and cut up puzzles and so forth and pretty much his first puzzle was the puzzle of, or what they called the pony puzzle. Mm. Um, and the pony puzzle, I just happen to have a copy of it here. Mm -hmm. This is his puzzle. And that's exactly right, Julian. You've got the, um, the, the make of it exactly the same. Mm -hmm. um, and what that pretty much was is just a matter of just cutting the puzzle up and then from cutting the puzzle up and rearranging it to find another horse. This proved such a success that um, he decided to then um, concentrate his business on doing um, puzzles as such, you okay. know, little puzzle cards. And mm. what would happen is that people, in this case, he would pay him to put their marketing on the top, naming uh -huh. rights, uh -huh. and on the back, they would have about the products and services of that particular product. All right. Okay. Interesting. So Interesting. that's what he... 
that's pretty much what he what he started off doing, and that became very very popular. Mm. Um, and then he decided to do, to to pretty much spend um, his early years doing puzzle carts and for advertising okay. purposes and things like mm. that. Mm. Um, and so it, he, he expanded from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. It sounds very interesting. So look, uh, we actually just held a puzzle in the camera. Um, our listeners cannot see that, but I will provide some links and, and, and pictures so that you get an um, idea. Again, this is a cut-up puzzle, um, and then at the end it's three pieces, and mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. arrange them. You're not allowed to mm-hmm. uh, further cut them, fold them, or, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, copy them or redraw them, but you rearrange Definitely. those three pe- pieces to find uh, another horse in that in that case, right? And Definitely. Look, Tony, why does it take so long for the people to, to figure that out? <laughs> it is. And, and the thing with Sam Lloyd, what he loved is to make the puzzles look easy, mm-hmm. but then once they try to solve them, it's hard. Okay, okay. Just like yeah. real-world problems, huh? But sometimes Definitely. they look... Sometimes it's the other way around, right? They look hard and then easy to solve. And so, okay, so Definitely. that's um, only one of the puzzles mm-hmm. that he created uh, back in the, t- in the days, right? Definitely. And how and how many are there? I mean, there, there. I mean, you you sent me some um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in advance, but how many are there in total? So I would say the early. So he pretty much worked from around eighteen sixty eight mm-hmm. until around about eighteen eighteen eighty three. Mm. is when he was really getting into his puzzle, puzzle carts. He actually also had his own printing press in okay. Elizabeth, New Jersey, in the, in, you know, in Elizabeth, mm. New Jersey as such. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and did you have, a, like, uh, I mean, is there, okay, I'm going to ask you how you got in contact with, yeah. with the puzzles, but um, is there, um, or all, where all puzzles are documented and retrieved, or do you think there's still some undiscovered, Sam Lloyd puzzles out there? I would say there probably is, you know, um, something that, that might have disappeared as such. Um, some of the puzzles and, and so forth. Some of them that we do, some of them and, and so forth. But when you look at them, we've got the famous trick donkeys puzzle. Right. And we've got um, a number of other puzzles that he produced in his own printing press in mm. Elizabeth where he would, he would sit there, what he's actually said was in the evenings, he would draw these puzzles, engrave them, and then he would print them, and then they would be distributed throughout the world, pretty okay. much. Wow, wow. But okay. a lot of these puzzles, a lot of these puzzles, here's an original one from 1871. Mm-hmm. So okay. as you can see with these ones, they're actually cut up puzzles. So you can see that one there. This, so this is over 150 years old. Wow. And it's pretty much, um, he did that for P.T. Barnum, who was a very famous circus owner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was the first one to put his name on those, P.T. Barnum, and then cut them out. And he produced them or distributed them in the millions, in okay. the millions. But wow. they're very super rare to have these dates. Wow. 
Okay, and once again, Tony was holding, you know, this original uh, puzzle, yeah, yeah. Ca- the original puzzle college in the camera. Um, we're gonna uh, see how many pictures we can we can add to the podcast. Now, look, um, there's another name, and then I really want to get into um, how you are reproducing them, but then um, also the, the the learning experience behind or definitely, in those cards. Definitely, so, definitely. Um, there's also a second name, Sam Lloyd Jr., who then continued definitely. the work. That's correct. So Sam Lloyd and Sam Lloyd Jr. worked together from 1898. So Sam Lloyd Jr. was started creating puzzles as an early child as well. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was having them. In, he had a great influence, obviously, from his father. Sure. He published them in a number of newspapers. Uh-huh. And then in 1898, he well, he left prior to that and moved to the United Kingdom, okay. lived in London for a couple of years. Mm-hmm and produced puzzles in Europe for the European audiences, came out in 18, came back to America in 1898, uh-huh. um, worked for his father who owned the Sam Lloyd Company at that point in time, and together okay. they created puzzles and, and so forth and distributed them together throughout the United States and around mm. the world as well. And he is an incredible, not only is he the, the a great successor to his father, mm. but he is a great equal to his father in the way that he constructed the puzzles and so forth. Okay. And it's estimated, he estimated in the interview that he had produced over 10,000 puzzles during his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, quite quite a history, <laughs> and, and, yes. and, and, and and quite a, a heritage. So you got to know their work, and you said about about twenty years ago, right? And and how, how did that happen? That is correct. So I came across, uh, uh, you know, some of the early Sam Lloyd puzzle cards, mm-hmm. and um, just by coincidence, or were you specifically just looking by for coincidence? That? Okay. Well, I I used to collect um, card games, uh, Victorian uh-huh. card games, old card games, and I came across some of Sam Lloyd's puzzles. And um, I had a friend of mine who was a designer, graphic designer, and he asked, he goes, oh, would you mind if I reproduced some? And then you can, you know, introduce them to a whole new generation of of puzzle enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. And then I created a website and people were going, this is fantastic. This is exactly, you know, they started buying them from the website Mm -hmm. and they started saying to me, well, are you going to have some of um, Sam Lloyd's other puzzles available? Okay. And so I'm going, you mean there's more? You know, who is this Sam Lloyd? There was no information about just a wiki page, but nothing about Sam Lloyd Jr., anything along those lines there. So I made it my task or my job to not only find out about Sam Lloyd and Sam Lloyd Jr., but also reintroduce their work to a whole new um, whole new audience of right. puzzle enthusiasts around the world. Cool. That that sounds great. And I know, uh, again, we, we've spoken beforehand. This is not only um, taking the puzzles, but as you are sharing the story behind, I know you're already um, printing them on quite similar material, right? You're really going to details, right? So you're you're trying to uh, get this, this the same feeling and the same materials um, uh, connected again? Definitely. And so one of the puzzles that we have is, of course, you know, Sam Lloyd's most famous puzzle card, which is the famous Trick Donkeys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Sam Lloyd, that's correct. Now, Sam Lloyd, this is the original one. Um, mm-hmm. As you can see, it's got Marshall and Ball. So he would license these out. Mm-hmm. Now, 
what happened was that Samloop chose a certain type of cardboard mm. to be used for the experience. So when someone gets the tra- uh, the famous trick donkeys, they're getting the same cardboard mm. that Sam Lloyd used over 150 years ago mm. to ensure that the experience they're getting today yeah. is the experience that people had 150 years ago. So it's not that we've just printed it on any sort of cardboard, mm-hmm. but we've printed it. Now, we searched high and low to try and find that cardboard. There was no one making it. So mm. we actually had a, an organisation to especially make it for us. And mm-hmm. so it's produced the way it was using the same techniques that Sam Lloyd used for, for the cardboard over 150 years ago. So when you're buying a mm-hmm. Sam Lloyd famous trick donkeys or any card, mm-hmm. it's the same as what Sam Lloyd used when he first produced it. Okay. Wow. Okay. There's so much love going into these products mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and puzzles. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I totally understand that. Let's talk about the learner's experience or what you could learn from from you know mm-hmm. solving such a puzzle um i guess there's a whole set of lateral thinking games right that we'd like to bring mm-hmm. again i work in the business world we like to bring this this could be anything from opening up a uh training or workshop with these out of the box thinking approaches and then we get to talk about uh, how it is important to look at problems or questions from different angles maybe how to use different methods etc etc but if i put you know these cards um on the table um -hmm. i mean they're different reactions right um Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. from definitely Oh, great. Let's just do something with it so people are cutting it or tearing it apart and then trying to solve it right like learning by doing, iterations, testing it out. Others are just, I would say, staring at them and trying to figure it out mm-hmm. in their head, not, not moving it, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. You know, going from left and right just a little bit. And mm-hmm. then I also um, encounter learners that say, oh, my God, I'm not good at this. You know, Let someone mm-hmm. else, either in the team or in my table group, solve that. So what do we make out of these reactions? And maybe there are many more reactions that you get. Maybe even what was the longest time someone took to, to, to solve one of your questions? Maybe you have a little story about that. What would you say is the learning benefit from solving puzzles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think both Sam Lloyd and Sam Lloyd Jr. were very adamant when it came to, to creating their puzzles to ensure that people learned something from it. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the thing with the famous trick donkeys is, is the biggest learning experience you can have from that is to think outside the square. Mm. So think outside what you normally consider how things should work. Mm. So as we know, the object is to cut the card, to then lay the the, the two riders on the donkeys so that they're racing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some interesting features on there. And so people will battle to try and find the answer. They will put it upside down. They'll put it sideways. They, they, it's, it's, it looks a lot harder than what people have. I actually enjoy giving someone a card or someone getting a card, cutting it up, and they're trying to work out how they can put the riders on the donkeys at the same time. And so to answer your question, the longest per, the person I had that took the longest 
was probably three months. Mm-hmm. He actually took three months and he did not want any hints. He did not want yeah. the answer. He wanted to solve it himself. And so mm-hmm. it took him three months yeah. of doing it. I've had other people take a day. Yeah. yeah. And so some people, usually it's interesting when you give it to someone who's an architect. Most okay. of the time it's architects mm-hmm. that can solve it a lot quicker than what, for example, some other people might solve it. But the fact is that it just shows you to think outside mm. of, of this, the, you know, think outside the box. It's, it's right. interesting that people have to think that. And so Sam Lloyd's big mantra was to make puzzles look easy, mm. but they were actually hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, I sometimes uh, g- give the puzzles to learners sitting in little table groups, right? So mm-hmm. there is uh, already a different angle built in, right? Because you can also observe your colleagues sitting to your left and right and in the opposite uh, solving that puzzle, right? Um, and then, you know, one could also reflect on how, yes, uh, let's say either the team approach or at least pairing up mm-hmm. um and three or four minds um, can sometimes uh, solve problems quicker, right? If they have a method to it, it's it's uh, an interesting one. All right, now um, focusing even more on the learner, right? Mm-hmm. You get this challenge, and you go through a lot of feelings, right? From, mm-hmm. I mean, let's start even with the self-talk and feelings, depending on what happens quicker. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, just another, um, you know, puzzle game or just another thing I'm not good at or, oh, great, I so want to figure this out, right? It's it's going mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. help me uh, refocus or focus on something else um, all the way to... Yeah, why are we doing this, right? Questioning. So mm-hmm. I, I would say there, there, there's this initial reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time, again, I'm using it in workshops mostly. Um, uh, they, they, they start just fiddling around with it, right? Um, yep. Knowing yep. that hey, it's going to be an activity. Uh, we're here to maybe do something creative, maybe think outside of the square in general, or to get to know some creativity method whatsoever. So they're normally with me, right? I can lead them into um, at least mm-hmm. starting, right? Mm-hmm. And then some get frustrated, right? Um, mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. if I tell them, well, look, if you solve it, don't tell your colleagues, right? Because yeah. there's a difference yeah. between figuring it out myself, even if it takes mm-hmm. three months, and someone just handing this out and telling me to, how, to, how to solve it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What would you mm-hmm. say is, is the difference? And what do, oh, my God, a lot of human beings, or what could we as... as um, riddlers mm-hmm. get get out of that experience i think one of the biggest consumers of these particular or mm-hmm. puzzle cards you know in particular the famous trick donkeys are people who are actually trainers whether it's people who are training for you know they're training to create better salespeople, or they're training people who are hr people mm-hmm. or so forth people people who are trainers um, tend to use these puzzles to show people how to work together or how to work on your own mm. in solving a problem. So mm. every single day we have some sort of problem that we need to solve. Absolutely. And so whether or not that's a problem, you know, we've got a problem at work where mm. we've got to try and, you know, something's come up. We may have um, 
you know, we may have our colleagues that we've got issues with, we may have people within the teams or so forth. So what these puzzles actually show you is that there's a way that you can solve problems if you think outside the normal way of solving a problem. Mm-hmm. So you've got to look at it from a from a whole, you've got to stand back and look at these things. And mm-hmm. so with Samloid puzzles in general and with puzzles in general, people enjoy solving them because it gives them something it gives them some sort of satisfaction that they're able to to mm. take on a particular problem and solve it. So a lot of people, as I said, who take these these puzzles and introduce the puzzle cards into their training training material or so forth, are people who are trying to get people to think outside of the normal way that mm. they think. Mm. And so a lot of the times, but the other advantage as well is there's also the the, the situation where people enjoy it's like a it's like winning an olympic marathon someone mm. compared it to or winning some sort of sport the satisfaction that you have this puzzle which is a problem and the satisfaction that you've solved it on your own or with a group of friends mm. and you've got the solution mm-hmm. um and and so there's always the whole point with samuel's puzzles and samuel jr's puzzles is that they wanted people to know that there's a problem it's not as hard as what you think it is if you sit down and work it out mm-hmm. yeah and i guess there's um i guess one colleague once said you you go through i don't really know if it refers to the change curve but you go through a whole set of emotions right um mm-hmm. like from hey i can do this excitement um or again once again if you have um bad memories with with solving such puzzles like oh my god not again right and then you mm-hmm. get your hands on you you figure it out now in the room again this is a group activity then everyone mm-hmm. is trying to solve it individually but we're doing this um yep. all together um in a room every now and then there's like this um you know this is the sounds of excitement it's like oh I almost got it oh no that's wrong right so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there might be some uh ideas, excitement, um, frustration going on uh, over and over again. Now, mm-hmm. some will solve it, right? And I normally say yep. if you know this um, puzzle or mm-hmm. if you solve it, please don't share it too early, right? Because I like mm-hmm. to talk with my learners about um, A, figuring it out and pushing through mm-hmm. this. Um, in, in a creative process, they, they call this sometimes the grown zone mm-hmm. right so pushing through mm-hmm. that sticking with it let it also sink in uh, as you said mm-hmm. step back um uh, move around i guess movement could be important right um relax your brain and that matters and then coming back trying out so this is the, the iterative approach you need to try it out don't think it over do it it's just three mm-hmm. pieces um i guess that's why we all love paper prototypes and just you know uh Showing it, visualizing it. And then there will be someone in the room who who, who can solve it, right? The next day or, mm-hmm. or maybe even on, on, mm-hmm. the, on the spot. Now, mm-hmm. I think it's important to then also address the learners that did not solve it, right? Mm-hmm. To not give them mm-hmm. the feeling of, oh, my God, I'm not good at this, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Rather than strengthening either the team approach, as you said, 
or um, referring to, well, there are different, I don't know if you would type, call it learning or, or solving, mm -hmm. problem-solving styles, one could say, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, mm -hmm. there are some that, you know, prefer let's maybe a more structured way and more thinking mm -hmm. time and then doing and the other way around doing and then, you know. So um, that's the conversation I then love to, to spark, right? Mm -hmm. uh, no matter if mm -hmm. you solved it. And then, of course, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, they, they get to keep the um, puzzle so that they can uh, show others. And that's another interesting learning moment. When mm -hmm. you give mm -hmm. this puzzle to someone, you solved it. You know yep. the answer. Yep. And then you observe them struggling, solving mm -hmm. it, right? And then they know that you know. <laughs> and then they might ask you, oh, tell me. And you might give them yeah. some sort of those hints that are not really hints because they're not really helping, but they're just confusing them even more. So how does this whole cycle of solving, solving in groups refer to the day-to-day? -day? I mean, of course, mm -hmm. we do have complicated and complex problems. So it's not mm -hmm. only three pieces. It's sometimes more than mm -hmm. 30 stakeholders and their motivations and technology and challenges and the world and the market and artificial intelligence. So how does that refer to the day-to-day -day of, 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 of learners? What would you say? I think the big challenge that we have is when we have a problem in an mm. organization or anything like that, right? It's obviously how we can solve it. And what we need to realize, and I've worked in organizations like this in the past, is that we need to we need to remember that we're not on our own. So we're not a silo. We're not just on our own. We can work with other people to ensure that we can solve the problem as mm -hmm, such. Mm -hmm. And the beauty with Sam Lloyd puzzles, for example, is that you can solve them either on your own or you can solve them with a friend, you can solve them with, you know, a parent and a child can solve them, you can mm -hmm. solve them. But day to day, what it shows you is that you should never be embarrassed to go to someone, either a colleague or a, or, or a superior, a supervisor or something like that, a manager or something, and then tell them about the problems and work together in mm -hmm. how to solve that. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is that sometimes we may feel... Um, embarrassed or something not being mm. able to solve a problem mm -hmm. um whereas we've got to remember that we're all in this on, on the same boat in an organization and we're all there to work together in solving a problem mm -hmm. sometimes you may have a super or you may have a job that you're not too sure how to execute something within that position mm -hmm. so it's always great to say you know what i can't work this out I'm going to speak to my team leader or my manager or something like that, and together mm. we can work that out. And that's mm. what makes a great leader as well is that you can sit down there with someone and work out what the problems are. Mm. Mm. You, and and the, the best way of doing that, and again, you know, that's the beauty with the Samlo puzzles, is that together you can work through them and solve them. Um, mm. You don't ever have to sit back and be embarrassed because you can't solve a puzzle or you can't solve a problem. Because mm. a lot of the times, problems are a lot more complicated than what we imagine that they are. Mm. So it's always a good idea to have someone or work with someone or work with the team to solve a particular problem. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the beauty that, that, that puzzles show you is mm. that some people will get frustrated 
doing them on their own because they feel that I can't work this out. This is stupid. I can't work it out. This is I'm wasting Mm. my time and things like that. Right. Mm. But that happens in real life when you've got a particular problem or something is going on in an organization or whatever, Mm. and you're being asked to solve it and you go, well, I can't solve this. This is too complicated. I can't do this. That's when puzzles and things like that open up your mind to say, you know what? I'm not too sure how to solve this, but I know if I get my supervisor, my manager, et cetera, I can mm. solve this problem. And that way there, what you're doing is you're growing as an individual within that organization as well by mm. turning around going, wow, I, I'm a team player. I'm not mm. just on my own. I'm a team player. I can solve problems and with, with my um, leaders, with, mm-hmm. you know, with my coworkers and so forth. Right, right. And I, I would add, um, <clears throat> you know, it's nice to have this 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 tacit problem. It's not something on the computer, right? So you can you can really mm-hmm. feel it. You can um, again turn it, and you can you know move around it. Um, and yes, um, I would add, you can figure it out with mm-hmm. the uh, well, well, teaming up. Let's say that um, you can then also add the more complex a problem gets. You can add some other approaches, right? You can add structured approaches of problem solving, right? Definitely. They could be super mm-hmm. creative. I don't know. I guess there's this Triz method, right? Over 40 ways of looking um, to, mm-hmm. to a challenge from different angles, right? So there are structured approaches that can be learned and that help you to you know, grind through, Right. It's also about um, with every step. And that's maybe not just the embarrassment. I couldn't solve it. But with every step, there's maybe a a micro failing. Right. But there's Mm -hmm. also a micro learning. Right. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. I love doing, um, sometimes there's someone in the room said, oh, yeah, I know this. I know this. Mm -hmm. but I can't remember Mm -hmm. the solution. Right. Yes. And I love to debrief also on that, saying, well, yeah, that's why we, A, also need to share how we solve mm-hmm. it. But then we need to remember if we forget something, right, um, or if we don't write mm-hmm. it up, or if we don't, um, yeah, remember where we've written it up, um, it's gone. It's lost, right? So that's why those um, moments of, you know, debriefing, um, not just a project, but uh, steps, or these days they do, you know, debriefing sprints or reviewing or retrospectives whatsoever, is so important to make this implicit mm-hmm. knowledge um, explicit, right? To give Definitely. it and share it. And now that we've talked about those puzzles on, and those learning steps, it's not only about sharing successes, it's also sharing mm-hmm. about the approaches that did not work. Like, hey, look, I mm-hmm. tried this and this. I learned this and this. And maybe I got stuck along the way. But my colleague mm-hmm. or someone else is able to pick it up from that um, point mm-hmm. and to use that information, right? And some might yes. just call it brainstorming. Others might just call it, you know, informal chat. Um, maybe that's mm-hmm. why those water cooler talks are so important, right? Mm-hmm. Because you just let your mm-hmm. mind wander around and you, you play around with it. But Tony, let's face it, in, in the business world, 
there's time pressure, mm-hmm. right? We need to mm-hmm. deliver until tomorrow evening. Um, mm-hmm. Does this ultimately, is that a deal breaker? Does this kill creativity? It, it, does this stresses out more cortisol in the brains of our learners? Um, mm-hmm. how, do we, how do we deal with that? If someone gives you the puzzle and say, solve it till 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. I think the thing when it comes to, to, to solving problems in, in business these days or anything like that is, sure, we do have, you know, time limits. We do have people who say, look, we've got a deadline. Let's face the deadline and so forth. But it's, 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 you've got to sit back, I think, with any problem and analyse what that problem is. Mm. And so you can sit back and, again, you may not be able to solve that puzzle or the problem by five o'clock. It's mm. when you really need to sit back and go, well, I'm sorry, you've got to be honest with your with your leaders and managers and expectations and so forth and say, look, we've got a we've got a huge problem, or our stock hasn't arrived in time and we've got to sell, we've got to sell, it's winter, we've got to sell 20,000 puffer jackets mm. by you know what's going on. But sometimes things are out of our control. And as an organization, we need to look at alternatives to that particular situation. So there's some things that are out of it. And it's it's this and the, it comes again back to puzzle solving or problem solving, mm. is that sometimes things are out of our control and we can't do anything about it. But what we can do is learn from these. These are all learning experiences. So mm-hmm. if, if if our stock hasn't arrived on time and that we've got to get them out into the stores because stores are, what we need to do is take that learning experience and ensure it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where every single thing that we have, whether it's a success or a failure, is because we need to learn from those. And once we learn from those, it allows us to be able to do our jobs a lot better and so mm. forth. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. I like that uh, debriefing layer of, you know, obviously the puzzle is in our control, um, mm-hmm. you know, three pieces. Um, but then what parts of your challenge are out of your control mm-hmm. and are you trying to, mm-hmm. you know, fix that and, it, and it's not going to work? Um, I was wondering, um, maybe... I will play around with an activity where I would ask different groups or pairs to use different approaches to solve that uh, puzzle and then to share those approaches. That could be interesting. Like, on a, on a, Definitely. A definitely. I also like learning in general when it's mm-hmm. combined with strong emotions mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. stick even more, right? And that's also true for for not being able to solve it, right? I mean, that -hmm. that is, you know, of course, you would have like a more negative feeling, but that's also helpful for the imprinting, learning. Uh, And then also if you have those endorphins and the positive emotions and the happiness and the enjoyment, right? Um, mm -hmm. Wow. So much in a puzzle, right? I think what's interesting mm-hmm. is that you've just brought something up really important as well. Now, Sam Lloyd didn't just do puzzle cards. So around about the early 1880s and so forth, he pretty much, or in 1898, I should say, 1896, sorry, he started putting um, puzzles in a newspaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so his puzzles expanded because newspapers were becoming quite popular. Mm. In 1898, his puzzles ended up being in William Randolph Hearst's 
newspapers. William Randolph Hearst was one of the most famous publishers in the world. Mm. Um, Sam Lloyd um, was one of his stars. He started mm-hmm. putting in um, puzzles in the newspapers and so forth. Now, in some of those puzzles, um, unfortunately, we've got thousands and thousands of original puzzles, but we don't have the solutions for all these puzzles. Okay, wow. So it's a, it, 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 it can. So I sit there and, and I try to solve them myself uh-huh. and to try and solve them with other people. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the frustration I have when people are trying to solve puzzles. Absolutely. But I actually took them, took some of these puzzles to a group of people. To mm-hmm. They would have been um, a group of girls and guys aged in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. And so they would sit back and they would look at these puzzles and they would go, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even give them a hint because I didn't have yeah, the right, answer right. to some yeah. of these. So I've got hundreds of puzzles where I don't have the answers. Wow. But we're starting to get the answers. We're starting to work it out. So one of them was extremely difficult, extremely difficult to do. And so I had the entire organization trying to find out the solution. And then one day, one of the guys was playing around with this, with this photocopy of, the, of, this, of this puzzle from one of our books, and he solved it. And you should have seen how everybody in the organization was so happy that we had actually solved that problem. Right, we had right. found the answer to this problem. So the fact is that it's not just sitting back one or two people mm-hmm. being satisfied that they've got the solution. Yeah. It works with an entire organization. So yeah. seeing seeing yeah. Their, their supervisor or their manager saw the experience that they were all having, the satisfaction of working together mm-hmm. and solving that problem. One person found the answer and then everyone was able to to, to, to share the answer mm-hmm. um, that their supervisor and manager made it um, a weekly puzzle competition yeah, for them yeah, to yeah. try and work out what how to solve that problem. Now, mm-hmm. these people worked in a support call center. Mm-hmm. So they would have a lot of people calling in um, to with support questions, I oh, look, my website's not working or what's going on with this or what's going on with that. So through puzzle solving, they were also able to, 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 to better answer questions from customers yeah. as well because they were able to see, yeah. well, it's so hard. I've just got this, this, this book, Samuel book. It's got this mm-hmm. puzzle in there. I can't work it out. They were able to then take that um, to their customer and say, well, this customer is not an expert in this particular field, but mm. I am. Mm. I want them to understand how I'm solving the problem yeah. And so they were able to to solve problems because of the way that they were solving the puzzles as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this rem- reminds me that um, I do know some, you know, coaches, agile coaches. They um, mm-hmm. sometimes <clears throat> set up a, a challenge or a riddle or some games, you know, next to the mm-hmm. coffee machine or in the kitchen, let's say, right? Um, and it's definitely, just there. Definitely. And and people, um, you know, in their slack time, they fiddle around. In mm-hmm. their breaks, they fiddle around. And I like that you're saying if this becomes – just a way of how mm-hmm. we tackle our daily tasks. Of course, there are easier Definitely. challenges Definitely. and harder ones. We can understand, hey, this is normal, right? And we can understand, Definitely. we, as I like to say, you know, everyone has a piece of the solution in his or her head, and we need to mm-hmm. come together. And it's just um, nothing bad. 
right? And it's mm-hmm. not a, specifically when I work with teams, it's like, oh, look, well, you as a department or a team are asked mm-hmm. to solve this challenge or question for a customer internally, externally. Um, mm-hmm. Why does one person in your team get stressed, right? Mm-hmm. Where is mm-hmm. the dysfunction here? If they ask you as a team, but then you put it on two shoulders, right? And and, and I really like that um, also as a debriefing moment to say, well, some, uh, yeah, puzzles and challenges just need a little bit more time, right? Um, to, to definitely, definitely. And, definitely. Um, Tony, I would like to add, <clears throat> when we do this together, mm-hmm. we also get to know each other. And the way yes. how we tackle problems. So no matter if it's mm-hmm. this is a team that's been working together for uh, quite a while or uh, participants that see each other for the first time, it's like also, mm-hmm. ah, there's just, there's this moment of, um, yeah, going, going or, or using the methods or, or, or um, starting to solve such a puzzle as I would also solve um, mm-hmm. other challenges that that are um, presented to me right I think one of the one of the the things that samlet puzzles are as well are they they they're pretty much are icebreakers as well mm. so you might have a group of people that don't know anybody within that group of people mm. and so what some people have done what we've done as well is we've cut up the puzzles prior to that we've given everyone on the back of it there's a number mm-hmm. and so what happens is that it's a whole group of total strangers. They've got a piece of the donkey puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the back of it, there's a number. And then what they do is that they've got to find the other two people who have got the same number mm-hmm. and then they become a group. Okay. So all of a sudden, instead of other people saying, I don't know anyone, I'm embarrassed and so <laughs> forth, like right? what happens is that each person has a um the puzzle, there's a number on the bottom. They find the other two people and then they become a group. They mm. get to know each other. They mm. get to solve a problem together. Cool. And so that would be ideal, in my opinion, to have someone think like a, a university or a college or something like that where they're all new people. And you also don't want cliques in, in an organisation as well. You don't want a group of people to come in there and they've got with their friends and they just, the four of them just stick together right mm. through they're in the same group. They're in the same session trying to solve the problems together. You want people to be icebreakers. Right, right, right. And you want to, um, <clears throat> yeah, groupthink could then happen and you just want to avoid that, mm-hmm. right, for, for specific problems. Wow, Definitely. wow, wow. Definitely. So, so many things to, to do with, um, again, uh, a, a cut-up puzzle. Um, that that is yep. that is really cool. Look, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm looking at the mm-hmm. time structured approach. Yep. We talked about this. I will link lots of uh, you know names and newspapers and things that you mentioned. I'll link that in the show notes. Yep. Let's talk about it. It sounds like play, but it's not. Actually, other people are playing around with those puzzles. Uh, plagiarism, right? Is is out there? So I, I totally understand. This this has been um, printed in newspapers. It's old. It's been. It's on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. 
what do you do? I mean, I, 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 mm. I've seen, yeah, those, those PDF files. Um, uh, how, how do you tackle that? Do, do, do you write them and tell them, well, you shouldn't use it? Or are there puzzles that everyone can use? Um, mm -hmm. what, what is your message to uh, the listeners? I think the big thing when it comes to the famous trick donkeys is pretty much, sadly, it's the most plagiarized uh -huh. puzzle card in the world. Oh, wow. So mm -hmm. ever since 1871, when Sam Lloyd first invented it and published it, people unfortunately have been copying it. Mm -hmm. And so um, there were all warnings all the time. Please don't mm -hmm. use, you know, please don't use this. For some people, they're not going to, number one, It's unfair on Sam Lloyd, who invented this, mm. not to get the recognition. Mm. It's unfair that the company, because it is a registered trademark in the mm. United States mm. Patent and Trademark Office. So it's a legal trademark. Mm. Um, so when you are downloading a PDF or when you are copying it, you're part of the problem. You're not mm. part of the solution. Mm. Um, if you do have, they're only $1.50 plus postage, And, they're, mm -hmm. and you're getting the same experience that right. Sam Lloyd wanted you to from mm -hmm. 150 years ago. So it's not as though we're charging um, a huge amount for these cards. Right. What we're doing is we're pretty much just charging whatever Sam Lloyd did, plus mm -hmm. inflation and all that stuff there. Mm -hmm. So we always say to people, please don't go, please don't buy books that are not authorized by the company. Right, right. Please don't buy puzzle cards that are not authorized. Please don't go to a website and just download a, mm. or photocopy it or anything along those lines there because, it number one, it is illegal to do that. Mm. But number two, the person who actually invented it is not getting the mm. credit for inventing mm. it. How would people feel out there if we were to take, you know, their things that they've developed or so forth? It's just not fair. And so... Mm. The beauty is now that we do have a lot of organizations who do approach us and mm -hmm. they go, uh, we would like permission to use okay. the famous trick donkeys mm. or the pony puzzle or something along those lines there. So mm. we do, they always state in all the information that it is a registered trademark of the Samuel right. company and used by permission. Okay. Um, so we always say to people, if you're an educator out there and you're buying and you want to buy you know, a whole bunch of these puzzles, mm. just contact us at info yeah. at samloy.com and say, hey, look, and we'll mm. come up with a better price for you if you're looking right. at bulk buying or something along those mm. lines there. But what we're stressing is just enjoy the puzzle the way that its inventor, Sam mm. Lloyd, wanted you to enjoy it 150 years ago. Don't plagiarize it. Don't copy it. Don't, um, don't go to a website, as we said, you know, And, and the, the way you're using it, the way you're doing it, it's special paper. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't divulge, but we've gone to a lot of trouble in recreating that cardboard that remains a secret as well because we don't want people going out there trying to organize similar cardboard when right. we've, we've spent time doing it ourselves. Right, right. And I guess, you know, with, with listening to this podcast and hearing the, the history and the work that you've mm -hmm. put in and, um, you know, in memory, but also in respect of uh, the work of Sam, of the, the Sam Lloyds and uh, yeah, the definitely. love that you are then and putting in and distributing this globally, mm -hmm. um, I guess, um, yeah, we got that point across, right? So you do, do, do you do, mm -hmm. because you were talking about organizations contacting you, 
do you still do those advertisement puzzles pieces where we send so, you the logo and you put that on? We certainly do. So we do um, personalized puzzles. Mm -hmm. So, for example, there's there's organizations out there that want their branding on the back of the puzzles. Mm -hmm. So we will do that. We've had some very large corporations who have actually approached us mm -hmm. and they've put their logos on the back. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've also had small companies that have purchased 50 copies mm -hmm. where we've put the logos on the back and they've mm -hmm. given it to staff and family okay, and friends. The beauty with these puzzles, and you, and you said this earlier, is that when someone does get one of the puzzle cards or a Sam Lloyd book or something like that, they will then, especially with the cards, they will then, once they know the answer, take it home, share it with their family, their children, their parents or whoever. And so that card goes on. It's not something that someone will get and throw it in the garbage bin. Right, the right. life cycle of that will go on and on mm -hmm. and on. The beauty as well with all Sam Lloyd material that we publish is it's all recyclable mm -hmm. and, 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 and we're able to, you know, it's environmental friendly as well. So okay. when you're doing that, as I said, you know, it's renewable. You know, we use, for example, in, in most cases, paper that is recycled. Mm -hmm. You know, you're able to, if you're not going to use this, you can put it in a recycling bin. You can do mm -hmm. some of that. But the best form of recycling I see is to pass that on to a friend or someone mm -hmm. else that can then enjoy solving that puzzle. So it's, it's, there's, there's, it's, it's not like a lot of other things where you just throw it out. It's right. something that can be shared and, and go on. I had, great, I, I, I had one person who actually said to me that he wanted three of the famous trick donkeys because uh -huh. he had ones when he was a child mm -hmm. and he carried in his wallet all his life. So he carried mm -hmm. in his wallet, carried in, and then one day his wallet was stolen. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't have this puzzle, but he came across to the website. He mm -hmm. found it. He bought three. One copy was for him and two copies were for his grandchildren <laughs> because he wanted his grandchildren to experience the same thing he experienced when he had the famous Drink Donkeys nice, puzzle. Nice. So it's shared between generations of mm -hmm. all people. That sounds great. That sounds great. Look, I have two final questions. Um, yep, yep. And in fact, I'm still, maybe it's going to be three. We'll see. You were talking about this um, cut-up puzzles, team event, numbers on the back. I, I love that variation. Mm -hmm. Are there any other uh, variations how one could use these puzzles, maybe with larger groups, maybe with smaller groups, staff, etc.? Do you have any more? I think the beauty with a lot of these is that, as I said, that's famous to donkeys. You can do the same thing with the pony puzzles. Mm -hmm. You can do something like that with all of the the puzzle cards, et cetera, that we do, you know, publish and make available on, on the website. Mm. We have people, for example, who are, you've got to remember Sam Lloyd was around at that, the same time as some of the most famous presidents in the United States. So we have people who um, might be political people or historical people mm. who enjoy these puzzles. And so what they're able to do is if you're able to see Abraham Lincoln on one of our cards, mm -hmm. you're able to, to, to say, who is this person? Because not everyone will know. So some of the historical people that appear on these cards, even Alice in Wonderland, we have Alice in Wonderland um, postcards and puzzle cards. Um, you're able to 
learn more about that historical figure. We know mm. Alice in Wonderland, for example, was a fictional character that was in Alice in Wonderland, the book. Um, but some of these other puzzle cards, such as U.S. Grant, who was um, an American general who was part of the United States Civil War. Um, you then had Abraham Lincoln. He's in there as well. So you're able to, it's, it's not just grabbing a card and trying to mm. solve it. People look deeper into it to find out who were these historical figures as well. Mm, mm. Wow. Yeah, I like that. So just another layer of not only solving it and the approach and, you know, asking for help and don't think in silos and, and talking to other people about it and not being embarrassed and um, sharing that feeling even, right? And the enjoyment of doing it and uh, looking at what's in and out of control and uh, sharing the steps that you took and the little failures and the little learnings and the little successes, right? Um, all the way to um, get to know your peers, right? And their problem-solving uh, skills and approaches. And um, yeah, that also asking, and just wrote that down um, with, the, with the famous trick, donkeys right maybe even mm -hmm. asking them afterwards or here with the, the pony puzzle what's our pony right what's what's our pony yes. in the team right what are we mm -hmm. not seeing because mm -hmm. we're not looking um from different angles um what are we not being able to solve because we're not teaming up right that that could be also a nice uh a nice question wow I, I totally agree. And I think the important thing is that with these puzzles and in, in general, how good it is to work with other people mm -hmm. in solving things. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing of all. When you look at some of the most successful products of all, there's been a problem or there's been something out there that someone's looked at it and they've gone, how can we solve it? How can we make that thing better? Mm -hmm. And the ideal situation, for example, is the mobile phone or the cell phone, whereas before it was just where you could receive a phone call. And then came along Apple, Steve Jobs, for example, who said, you know what, by introducing this particular smartphone, we're able to solve a whole bunch of problems. So now the smartphone isn't just to receive phone calls, but you can surf the net, you can receive your emails, you can do research, you can do all these things in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of people who sit down and are able to group and work together are able to work together in doing those things. Yeah, yeah. So then solving and um, solving a puzzle or a challenge <clears throat> can mm -hmm. open up the door for even more. Definitely. It's not just a, a box that you tick off and say, oh, great, this is solved, but you can go beyond mm -hmm. that. And see what else, Definitely. what can we do now with this new knowledge, with this new solution, with the new things that we learned about ourselves, about our customers, about the problem or product or service, right? Um, Definitely. And not just stop with, with delivering and then being happy or relieved or relaxed that it's done, but then looking into this. That's why, again, reflecting. I believe mm -hmm. is, is very important, um, and especially as a team, right? Right. Ah, oh, Tony, I'm, I'm looking at the time. I feel like we could talk for another hour, right? Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So what for you, just as personally, what, what is the secret sauce of Sam Lloyd's puzzles for you? Mm -hmm. I think the, the beauty of it is, is that a lot of these puzzles had disappeared 
for centuries. And now we've got original newspapers, we have original magazines, we've rediscovered all these things. And the beauty of it is that people are able to enjoy these puzzles once again. And so what we've done is we've just, we haven't got it on the website at the moment, but we've just republished a book. Uh And in that book, it's got a whole bunch of different puzzles that people can work together in trying to solve. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beauty. We're able to sit back and go, wow, look at all these puzzles in this great book that we've got that people can sit down there and try and solve. Um, And that's the beauty when it comes to, you know, the passion, the Sam Lloyd passion, Mm -hmm. which is him rediscovering these puzzles and so forth and what we can work together in, in solving. Definitely. That sounds great. Wow. Tony, thank you so much um, for your time and sharing the history and the work and the passion and love that uh, Sam Lloyd, Sam Lloyd Jr. and you are putting in to this wonderful work that can inspire um, yeah, individuals, learners, teams to excel, to not only become better problem solvers, but to connect to themselves and to others. And I think that, that that's also very, very important, right? A hundred percent. And I think the beauty with, with Sam Lloyd puzzles is that they're international, regardless mm-hmm. of yeah, what language, regardless mm-hmm. of your background, regardless of whatever you are, whoever you are, it's the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be the richest person in the world or the poorest person in the world, and you still have the exact same puzzle. There's nothing out there that separates anybody so it's the great equalizer that's with all of sam lloyd's puzzles they're the great equalizer so no matter who you are no matter what you are no matter what your background is it's the same puzzle for everybody wow great yeah i I might steal that quote for uh, (laughs) lots of serious games in general right and um definitely definitely yeah and i think that's the beauty definitely tony once again thank you so much thank you for being on the serious games podcast and um, yeah, I would just encourage all learners not only to re-listen to this episode, but uh, to look out on the Serious Games podcast episode list. There are more and more episodes in German and English language. And I am always happy if you reach out, share your feedback, if you like, or if you subscribe to the podcast on any channel. Thank you and bye-bye from Berlin. Over to you, Tony. Thank you so much um, for the opportunity to talk about Sam Lloyd and um, Sam Lloyd Jr. and their fantastic works. So I hope everyone can get to solve at least one puzzle (laughs) or two puzzles um, whenever they possibly can. So thank you, Julian, for the opportunity. Thank you. Take care and stay safe. Bye-bye. You can reach us at hello at keylearning.net. We're looking forward to your suggestions, comments, and feedback.